are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 80 on our visit to Brownella Cottage. I'm excited. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There was. It was a good visit. So before we get into what happened and give you a little history, uh, we've got a few pieces of business. Um, Yes, we do. So you want to go ahead and do the first couple here? Yeah, sure. So as always, like, share, subscribe for us. Leave us a review. We appreciate them and we'll we'll read them out here out loud. Call you guys out. And then we got 50,000 listens, right? Yeah, downloads. Yep. Downloads. Yep. So 50,000 downloads. That's really exciting. That's that a lot of downloads. That's a big number. It is. And when I started, weren't we at 40,000? Yep. Yeah, in July. So July, August, September, October, three months, we hit 10,000 more. So, um, so yeah, we love every single one of you that downloads. Yes, we do. Um, and our next goal is a hundred. Cause that's how we yeah. do it. It is. Can yeah. we maybe do 75? Okay, fine. <laughs> we'll celebrate but, yeah. along the way. <laughs> yes. Every 10,000, I think is pretty darn good. So I think so too. <clears throat> so yes, we appreciate you guys. Um, yes, we do. We did get a comment on our episode 72, which was the Ira, um, herb, or herb Baumeister, right. And the Fox hollow farm episode. So we posted that he was the I 70 killer and that's incorrect. Apparently I 70 is a pretty popular interstate for murder (laughs) yes so he was not the i-70 killer even though if you google hard enough you can find that he was even though he wasn't Mm -hmm. he was the i-70 strangler there's a difference there is the i-70 killer killed women who were brunette the i-70 strangler was her baumeister who killed gay men that's right so our bad Yes. So what do you like, want from us? No, but also like, thank you. <laughs> Cal- calm down, kidding. girl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am totally kidding. Here she kidding. goes. Here she goes. <laughs> no. Thank you for the correction. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate it. Because both of us were like Googling like, wait, what? We were wrong. <laughs> yeah. And it is so, tricky. It's a tricky thing. That, that one. Is. Right. So that was definitely our bad. And I'm totally kidding. No, I appreciate <laughs> that you let us know because me and Rachel were just both like, oh my God, we, we I don't told know. the I wrong panicking. tale. Yeah, I started panicking. I'm like, we're spreading misinformation. <laughs> so no, if, no, we appreciate you. I mean, uh, oh, we, we made a mistake and yeah, we're humans. We apologize. And it's probably not going to be our last one. Uh, I don't just know. Just for the record. My- might be mine. Oh, well, I don't make mine. mistakes. Guaranteed. <laughs> right. I we'll pronounce don't. somebody's name wrong here in five seconds. Give us yeah. a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an every episode thing. It is. <laughs> uh, and then our last thing for business is just our, about our Patreon. We have a $2 tier and a $5 tier. We've still got the special going. If you join us on either tier, we will send you a sticker and mm-hmm. we will re- write you a love note. Um, and we would really appreciate it. We got some good stuff going on in the Patreon. We just so. recorded an episode on the Lost mm-hmm. Colony of Roanoke. 
yeah good and stuff going on over there croatoan was here it's just <laughs> was a preview here <laughs> w-u-z okay that's how that's they right. it, spelled it in the 1500s felt it <clears throat> all right so that's all we had for business why don't you yep. go ahead and get us started on on the brownella okay so first we're going to give you all some history and then we're going to hit you with our adventuring and to start out with Brownella Cottage is located at 132 South Union Street in Galleon, Ohio, and in 2020 was ranked the seventh most haunted location in the state. To understand Brownella Cottage, we must first tell you about the man who lived there, Bad Bishop Brown. Yes, he wasn't really that bad. No. But he was actually really cool. cool. He was really cool. He was before his time. He really was. Yeah. So William Montgomery Brown was born on September 4th, 1855 on a farm west of Orville, Ohio to Joseph Morrison and Lucina Elzina Carey Brown, which is a heck of a name. Mm-hmm. His father was a tenant farmer who moved the family to Michigan in 1858 and later enlisted in the Union Army during the Civil War. Joseph Brown served in Tennessee before becoming ill and was sent home to get better. However, he didn't make it and died on August 1st, 1862. His mother moved the family back to Ohio and Willie, who he was known as for a short time, was hired <laughs> out uh, to a far- farmer who didn't treat him very well and didn't give him an education. When Willie was 15, the county placed him with a farmer named Jacob Gardner, a member of the Methodist Episcopal Church. Gardner's religion greatly influenced Willie, and during this time, Willie actually became sick with typhoid fever. Years later, he recalled making a bargain with God to devote his life to ministry if his life was spared. His health improved and he saved enough from the money his foster parents paid him to leave Ohio just before his 21st birthday. In 1876, Brown traveled to Omaha, Nebraska and got a job driving a carriage for a judge who arranged for Brown to enter public school. After graduating, he returned to Ohio to work in a tannery. Yeah, ew. I bet mm -mm. that is not a job I would want. That just seems like it would smell bad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Philanthropist Mary Scranton Bradford of Cleveland, Ohio, agreed to underwrite his education at the Episcopal Seminary Bexley Hall at Kenyon College in Gambier, Ohio. Mrs. Bradford sent him to Seabury Divinity School in Minnesota from 1879 to 1880 so he could prepare for the seminary course. He finished his studies in 1883, but did not take all of his courses at Kenyon. He never received a Bachelor of Divinity degree from Bexley. And Mary Scranton Bradford um, was well off, and she would pay for these kids who didn't have much money um, or means to get an education. She would pay for that just as long as they went into a ministry, the Episcopal seminary so Mm -hmm. he changed his faith to be episcopal so he could get this education from her Mm -hmm. in december 1882 william brown married ellis granton bradford 
who was an adopted niece of Mary Scranton Bradford. Miss Bradford had Brownella Cottage built across the street from Grace Church as a wedding present to the couple. And whenever we went on this tour, they kept telling us it's a cottage. It's a cottage because it's so small. I would love to live in a cottage. I'll Same. never own a cottage that big. No. <laughs> it is humongous. <laughs> humongous. It is. It's, it is really a lot of space yep. for a cottage. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brown was ordained and in 1883 became vicar of Grace Church in Galleon, Ohio. In 1866, a brick structure that had originally been used as St. Joseph Roman Catholic Church was preserved on the site to serve as William's study. Brownella Cottage was completed in 1887. The house reflected both the Bradford wealth and the high style of 1800s architecture in the U.S. And they had so much money that, and I don't know when they said that this was created, but so he could exercise and not get cold. They built, what would you call that? Like a a pathway, a breezeway, I think is what it was called. A breezeway from the cottage to his off to his study. So he wouldn't get wet and he could walk the, it was, it's pretty long breezeway. So he Mm -hmm. could walk back and forth and get his exercise without getting wet. Right. In 1891, he became the archdeacon for missionary work in the Diocese of Ohio and wrote a piece called The Church of Americans, which explained the beliefs of the Episcopal Church. This placed him in the national spotlight. He was consecrated assistant bishop of Arkansas in 1898 and succeeded to the bishopric. What is that? Yeah. After the death of Henry Niles (laughs) Pierce. (laughs) Also in 1898, he received an honorary doctor of divinity from Kenyon College. So long story short, he was like famous. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Okay, we're done here. (laughs) He's church famous. People knew who he was and he's like writing stuff. Yeah, he writes a lot. Um, In 1907, his book, The Crucial Race Question, supported segregation of the races and angered the Northerners who gave him money to support his diocese. Brown created the Helen Dunlap School for Mountain Girls and a seminary to train a local ministry in Arkansas. From 1909 to 1910, he was conflicting with the Trinity Cathedral in Little Rock, over the issue of control over the cathedral and the refusal of the dean to read and compliment the bishop's new book. The Level Plan of Church Union was the name of his book. This dispute alienated many in Arkansas. The Level Plan rejected many practices of the Episcopal Church and angered many supporters who insisted that he leave. In 1911, he returned to Galleon, Ohio and resigned as Bishop of Arkansas in 1912 although he remained a bishop without a diocese. James Rideout Winchester replaced him as the Bishop of Arkansas. So this is kind of where he starts getting into, he believes that the Blacks should be able to attend his church. Um, And there was heavy segregation before, and they do not like this plan. I remember Barry saying that he wanted black people to be able to leave yes. their own church also. And that was illegal at the yeah. time. And his book was in support of 
that. So that was like another little dig right of conflict of what was going on there. Yep. Then (laughs) Brown began reading Charles Darwin and Karl Marx, along with other authors promoting a materialistic view of the world. Two years later, Brown announced his conversion to science in July 1913. He wrote to Episcopal bishops informing them of his new position. He rejected the historical Jesus. I no longer believed in a personal God, nor in a six-day creation, nor in a literal heaven and hell, Brown wrote. Creeds, he decided, were merely symbolic at that point. Yeah. Um, Brown's evolution from the Bishop of Arkansas to find an interest in Marxism, socialism, and communism during the 1910s challenged his influence in the church. And he also had, in his breezeway, he was so dedicated to communism um, that he had, what is that stamp called? I forget what it's called. I don't remember. But it's the communist seal. It's like a T and then like a arc thing like a like a labor yeah signal yeah with a star in the middle and it says labor has given us this nest so he was like serious about communism Mm -hmm. and you don't hear too often and barry the um our tour guide also said that he was very into like the stars and space and things like that and very the science that that we just said so that's not usually it's one or the other it's not yeah um, especially in the early 1900s yeah that like his views were definitely very polarizing yep and conflicting with his position mm-hmm. and it led to his heresy trial by the house of bishops in 1924 to 1925 There he tried to prove to his fellow bishops that they did not believe in a strict interpretation of the Bible any more than he did. Nonetheless, Brown was deposed and excommunicated. While waiting for the final verdict on his deposition as bishop in October 1925, he was offered a place in both the Russian Orthodox Church, which was influenced by Soviet authorities, and the Old Catholic Church. He chose the Old Catholic Church and was consecrated bishop in a ceremony conducted in his own study in Galleon. Which we were in. We were. And there were Mm -hmm. pictures. There was. Because Old Catholic orders were accepted as valid by the Episcopal Church in the U.S., Bishop Brown's position as bishop could not be challenged by his former church. Bazing. Came in the midnight hour. Yep. So Ella Brown... Uh, died in 1935 they did not have any children it was just Mm -hmm. ella and the bishop and then mary who had her own bedroom there Mm -hmm. at the age of 71 brown felt that his real ministry had began he started lecturing to the working class and writing a wider variety of books when he struggled to find a publisher he's like screw this and he published him himself under the Bradford Brown Educational Company Incorporated. He's written and published over 18 books. Um, I bought one. I forget what it's called. I think it's the Boys and Girls um, Science book because it's the only one I could understand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure Cole bought uh, the vampire one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Vampires and communists or something like that. Yeah. Um, He's got some 
real, I mean, they grab your attention. That's for sure. Yeah. The titles are pretty, pretty interesting. Yes. He continued to write until his death in 1937 at the age of 82. He passed away on Halloween. Bishop Brown is buried beside his wife in Galleon's Fairview Cemetery. Um, His will left his riches to the Galleon Hospital and to Kenyon College. Yeah. So, um, Brownella is owned by the Galleon Historical Society, which operates as part monument to Brown and part museum to the town of Galleon. So there's a lot of, we went into that too. It's on the same site as the cottage. It's said that the ghosts of both Ella and William Brown are there at the cottage and Mary Scranton Bradford. Um, All three of them haunt the cottage today. Mm -hmm. While we were, um, so we went there and Barry and Kathy, who are both volunteers, led us through, um, well, I think we might go through this, um, but led us through everything. And they kind of told us that there might be a couple scandals um, in this story, which might be the reasoning of some of the hauntings. Um, Like I said, William and Ella did not have any children, but they believe that William might've had an illegitimate son um, and his name might be Patrick, that he might have kept somewhere down in the basement away and hidden from everybody. Mm -hmm. And then it's also thought that William who married Ella really had a thing for Mary Scranton Bradford um, that he may have been in love with her but instead married Ella which was not I mean it's not like he had a choice to marry Mary Scranton Bradford so yeah yeah and a fun fact Brown Ella is Ella Brown which Mm -hmm. I should have put that together but I didn't and it hit me like a ton of I didn't either (laughs) yeah it wasn't until much later Yes. So that's kind of the historical part, a little bit about Bad Bishop Brown. They call him Bad Bishop Brown because he was a communist. Yeah, he ended up being pretty scandalous and having a lot of uh, forward thinking ideas that caused some problems. Yes. So now we're going to talk about some of our experiences um, that we had, just so everybody knows the complex. So we started at the church, which is across the street mm-hmm. next to the church. There is a house that, um, Bishop Brown built for his secretary. We didn't get to go in there, but it's a nice ass house. It is. It's a big house. People live there now. Yeah. I think they said they like rented out or something like that, but yeah. So we didn't get yeah. to go there, but that's a part of the complex. Um, and then you have the cottage, which is a cottage because it's supposed to be small, but it's humongous. Mm-hmm. The breezeway that goes to his study and mm-hmm. then the museum that is in the back. Right. Yep. And it's all um, like, like baby fenced. Like there's like a little baby raw iron fence around everything. It's really beautiful. It really is. It's gorgeous. And the inside is gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. Um, they really did a good job at keeping it up Yeah, and Rachel got stuck in the oh parking God. lot area. <laughs> <sighs> if you visit park on the street, 
Yeah, park on the street. <laughs> I had so we took my mom's car because we like brought extra people. And what what does my mom drive? Like a Ford Explorer? Is that uh-huh. what that is? Yeah. I don't know. A freaking boat. It is huge. And I pulled into the driveway. And once you pull in, like there's nothing you could do. So I pulled all the way back and you go through like a brick or a stone arch that my freaking car barely fit through going forward and then after I drove up there was like nowhere to turn around I was just stuck having a heart attack (laughs) I'm like there was like a gate that you could open right in front of me but nobody would open the damn gate (laughs) like just open (laughs) the gate and let me out this way but they all made me back up you did a great (sighs) job but you know what? I did back up, didn't I? And then go yeah, forward you- out. Oh my gosh. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, yeah. I'll park at the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Across park the street. On the street, across the street, anywhere else. Just don't go in the driveway. <laughs> yes. Um, so Barry and Kathy, like I said, are the ones who um, they are strictly volunteer. They do tours um and they do the overnight stays so we got there at what like five o'clock um and then we stayed until we could stay until two I think we finally tapped out about like 115 or so so. um so it was Barry and Kathy uh Deanne who's a friend of the show and a couple of her family and then Rachel your people Cole and Stacy yeah I brought Cole from work. (laughs) I work with a guy and then his girlfriend came too. She's into ghost hunting and stuff like that. He Mm. was definitely a skeptic. Yeah. But I think some of the stuff really bamboozled him. I think so too. (laughs) I think he has potentially changed his mind a little bit. (laughs) No, they they were lovely. Uh, It was my first time meeting them. So everybody was super lovely. Um, Barry and Kathy, I cannot say enough about them. I love those people. Me too. They I've were met them once, but yeah, I want to be with them like all the <laughs> yeah, time, forever. <laughs> <laughs> I know they were so great. And we, when we got there, we went to the church first, um, which was across the street, and um, you know, got there and kind of organized. And then Barry spent a decent amount of time giving us, you know, a history lesson. And Mm -hmm. just giving us backstory, which was great because really we hadn't done very much research before we showed up. So, I mean, I think having them there made all of the difference to how our um, night went for sure. I completely agree. I, I'm kind of glad that we didn't do research before we went, because then I feel like even though I don't, I couldn't, whenever, like I was doing notes for this it's not like I saw a lot of stuff that said what people's experiences were. Um, However, like, I I think it, it was so much nicer to hear the history from Barry, who was so informative and like knew everything there is to know. And Kathy too. Um, Mm -hmm. They are actually paranormal investigators that go and do other investigations at other places. Um, But they said that they pretty much fell in love with Brownella and, and you hear that sometimes where a place just speaks to you and you can't get away from it. Um, mm-hmm. And they were definitely the, the spirits or whatever you want to call them um, were definitely more active whenever Barry specifically, I feel like was mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Um, Cause he takes care of, he's a volunteer, but he takes care of all the mowing, all the 
the upkeep, the maintenance, everything. So he's there all the time and they know him. So yeah, I think they're comfortable with him being there and like maybe see or appreciate like the work that he does. So it was, and really like when we got there after our initial history lesson at the church, it was also really nice because we got a full tour of all of the areas of the house and more history um, and kind of just got walked around the whole house, which was really nice um, for the first, I don't know how long that was, maybe hour, hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was quite a long time, um, which, because to me, I was like, why do we have to get there at five? Yeah. <laughs> because it's not even dark, <laughs> right? But you really do need all that time, especially with the church across the street and everything like that to really be able to feel comfortable. I think they were really good at making you feel comfortable in the space mm-hmm. um, and showing you and then kind of letting you go, but then being there, you know, so yeah. it, was, it was really it was- lovely. Yeah, it was well worth being there the extra time because with how large the cottage was, being able to take a full tour, see all the rooms, see what was going on, hear the stories and hear their experience, like where they experience things. I feel like that was really helpful. And you're right, making you more comfortable before all the lights got turned out. (laughs) Yeah, well, because I didn't really know how it was going to work. But yeah, after they were done with the tour, they're like, okay, we're going dark, which means they shut off the power to the house. Mm -hmm. Um, and we all had our flashlights. They also had, we don't have any ghost hunting equipment. It's really Mm -hmm. expensive. First off. Yeah. And and second off, it was our first investigation. (laughs) Um, yeah, I would like to invest (laughs) in a spirit box. Um, I want one, but I'm scared to get one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was nice because they let us borrow their equipment. They showed us how it worked the hotspots of, you know, or what things to look for. So it was really nice to kind of have their guidance, especially it being our first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that was so helpful because we would have gone in and like had no idea what we were doing and we did not have the equipment. I mean, some of their equipment, like one of the best things they had was a cat toy. Yeah. And it's just a ball that would light up and it would light up in response two things and wouldn't light up when there was nothing going on. So mm-hmm. it was just, I mean, a, like a $2 cat toy that, I mean, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and for me, and I'm sure for you too, that's the first time. So before we even had our lights out, he had a turn flashlight that he put in the like foyer or what would you call the parlor? I guess you could call yeah. it. Um, and had it sitting there and we were all just talking and doing whatever. And then somebody noticed that the flashlight was going on and off. Mm-hmm. So before we even like went lights out, stuff was already happening. Right. Um, and that was the first time I've ever personally witnessed that happening. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It was cool too, that he was like in charge of that at first to show us like how to ask questions Mm -hmm. and how to do things because, and I think we needed that right at the beginning too, to be like, you know, like get that. I mean, I didn't get it out of my system. If you post any videos, anything that happens, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) in the background, but yeah, it was like a nice intro to what the evening was going to be like and what we were going to experience. So 
it was, it was really neat. So what do you think? So, um, so we had the flashlight in the, the, um, parlor that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so after that, they let us kind of go with their equipment and kind of feel out the, the house for ourselves, go to wherever we wanted to go in the, the cottage, in the study. Yeah. You know, what we didn't even say is that one of our best friends, Sarah was there with us too. So oh when we, yeah. I know like both of us didn't even mention her. <laughs> she's, she's just she's a one part of, our, of the clan. I know she's in our little circle of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sarah came with us too. And so when we split off, it was me and Allie and Sarah, and then Cole and Stacy went off and did their own thing. And then Deanna and her family went and did their thing. So we would like reconvene, but basically the, the cottage was so large that you could really split up and not see people for mm-hmm. a little while or be in each other's space for a little while. So right off the bat, we went right up to Ella's room mm-hmm. um, and went basically. So this was one of the coolest things in the house was that where the parlor was, there was a heating element. What is yeah. that called? like a radiator, like a circular yeah, radiator. Like a, yeah. And it had seating in a circle, like a semicircle around it. And then that was in the parlor and then upstairs in Ella's room, right where that was, it basically just goes up straight through the floor and is the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we went right up there and sat down and we got nothing. Right. Like we sat there for a while and I feel like we made a valiant effort, but nothing mm-hmm. was happening. We weren't feeling anything. Um, so that's kind of why I'm like really glad Barry and Kathy were there. Cause I'm like, if nobody else was there with us, I wonder if that's what our evening would have been. Probably, you know, just like waiting. Cause for, for that, I feel like the EVP thing, first off, it's super hard for me to try to pinpoint that just like looking at a photograph and trying to see distortions or something that shouldn't be there. I don't have that ear or the eye for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most successful was the lights, the cat toy, the flashlight, and then the spirit box. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're, and, and we probably would have just spent all of our time with EVPs, which we wouldn't, might not have gotten anything. Yeah. Yeah. We may have never, cause yeah, we were just recording and listening back and I don't, I mean, I still have like a lot of time recorded that I haven't even listened through yet. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, do I don't too. really have a great time to do it. Um, when I'm like alone at night is not the time for me right. <laughs> to be listening to anything, but yeah, we tried that, um, in there and it didn't really work. So we ended up is that when we went up to the attic? I think so. Yeah. And then we went live for yeah. five seconds. Um, and in the attic is where we had our first experience was me and me and Sarah. And that was with a door mm-hmm. closing and opening. Well, so whenever we went live, Sarah, her little brave heart, cause she's really scared of everything. Mm-hmm. but she went around the corner and stuff started like making like noise, like something like a pebble being thrown almost. Yeah. Um, so then we stopped and then we noticed that the door to the closet was kind of moving. Um, so we stood there for a long time and tried to get it to move more and nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say, 
we went to, did we go to the basement right after that? I don't remember if we went to the basement right after that. I was real keen to get down into the basement. Yeah, because um, you're a crazy person. So yeah. here is, we're going to play for you. Um, this is Barry, um, his recording. And it was Kathy, his wife, Barry and Kathy are married. I guess I should say that. Um, they went down and took a group to the basement. And you can hear on a EVP the uh, really nasty voice saying you're mine now you're mine yeah so we will play this for you this was did not happen whenever we were there but this is a recording that he has so here that is kathy leading a group to the basement Okay, I'll play it again. Did you say hello? It says hello right at the very end. Yeah. Now, I've edited this. I've cut. Uh-huh. Sometimes. All right. But again, did you hear the voice say, now you're mine? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So they played that for us before lights out and just like told us when they, when they got that. So like right from the beginning, I wanted to go down into the basement to see if we could get anything, but we decided to take it light (laughs) and go upstairs first. Yeah. Um, I also didn't want to go to the basement with just me, Sarah and Allie. So I was trying to rally (laughs) a group of people to go down together um, and Barry ended up coming down with us and he brought the spirit box. Yes. So that was, um, what we did in the basement was go through and listen and do the spirit box. And the way the spirit box works is it scans through radio channels and, um, it scans so quickly that if you have anything more than like one syllable, it is meant to be a spirit coming through. Um, just because there shouldn't be a way for there to be words created with how quickly it scans through the channels. Um, so we actually caught a few things while we were down in the basement. Yep. The most compelling to me was Allie's name. Yes. So we will play that for you right now. And it, I was shook. (laughs) Shook it. Okay. Okay. So here is the spirit and it's going to be kind of hard to hear. Um, but it says my name. Okay. So that was my name. And while we were down there, we also heard Cole's name. Yes. It was Cole's name first. And then I think it was my name. Um, and there was some other conversation that was being had, um, Mm -hmm. between Barry and the spirit box. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's always wild whenever you hear your own freaking name yeah it's it is scary (laughs) it's creepy and then while Mm -hmm. we were in the basement too we had a flashlight in a little like offset room that Mm -hmm. was turning on and off every once in a while like I think that only happened a couple of times but 
that was also going. So from there, we moved back upstairs. Is that when we all gathered in the foyer? Yeah. We had this really nice foyer situation. Um, the stairs had the stairway opens up. So the stairs are really long. So people could sit there. They had a lot of seating. So we could all actually be in the foyer together in a nice open area to kind of talk. And we did another spirit box session there. Yes. Um, where we got a couple different things. So in the first spirit box session we did, um, my name was called again, mm-hmm. which this time I, sw- I I feel like it was the same voice, but this one specifically, I feel like sounded like my grandpa. I think it sounded like your grandpa too. Um, so we will play that right now. What? Did it say that? Hey, Allison? No. Yes, it did. It said something. After that weird noise. Okay, so it sounds like my grandpa. And you wouldn't know that because you've never heard what my grandpa sounds like, but it just sounds like my grandpa. I can't explain it. You sent that to your mom too, didn't you? Yeah. I asked my mom if she thought that the voice sounded like anybody. Um, and she said, yes, it sounds like grandpa. So what I'm trying to do is dig up some video of him so we can compare the two voices. Um, but another one that we caught was, um, was Kathy asking, what are you doing here? And it's saying, what are you doing here? Yeah. It was, <laughs> or it was, why are you? Why are, says, you? Why are yeah. you? She said, why are you here? And it said, why are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we will play that one for you too. This one's a little bit harder to hear. So here this is. Why are you? Why are you? Wow. Why are you? Why are you? Okay. So it was kind of hard to hear, but that's exactly. And Barry caught it. As soon as he heard it, he laughed. Yeah. He laughed as soon as it happened. And we were all like, what? Yeah. And he had to play it back for us. Like, you're right. He definitely had the ear for hearing things. And then we were kind of a little bit slow on the uptake. And then also anytime anybody's like, this says that I'm like, yeah, it does. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Then if you listen to it a few times, it's like, wait, okay, maybe it doesn't. But for those ones it did, I remember there was a couple of times where he's like, what do you think that said? And I'm like, it says this. Yeah, it does say that. And then after you listen to it, it's like, wait, no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't um, have the ear. I don't have the ear for it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't either. So the next thing that we did in the foyer um, is we went to, or we, we did another spirit box session, but this one was a little different. So this is called the Estes method um, is what this is. So basically um, Barry had the spirit box plugged into headphones he was listening to the spirit box in a separate room. 
we were then asking questions. Um, and then he would shout out what he heard from the spirit box. So this is something that's trying to, you know, disconnect him hearing what we're saying and just shouting out what he's getting. Um, and we captured, uh, he (laughs) said, he said, um, it's a mystery. And we were all like, what? And I said, do you like our podcast mystery history? And then he said, nice. (laughs) So at the end of the day, Brownella ghosts enjoy our podcast. That's what it means. They do. And, uh, you know, what, what more can you want? That's there's only one way to interpret that. And that is, that is how. Yep. So we will play that for you right now as well. So here is the ghost saying we're nice. It's a mystery. What's the mystery? Do you like our podcast, Mystery History? Uh, is that the name of it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that what you meant, Mystery History? Nice. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> nice. 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 Thank you. Okay. If I don't know, that's like the best review we've ever gotten. Yeah. Yeah. Can't beat it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so then what we do, we went up or no, we went to, um, we had some of the cat toy and the flashlights happening in the Bishop's room and then the guest room. That was Correct. just, do you remember it was me, you and Sarah, and we went upstairs without anybody else yeah. and we went into the Bishop's room and we had things happening. Like the cat toy was going off. They were, we were getting like responses. That's when Deanne took a picture oh, yes, of, of us <laughs> up in the room. So while we were upstairs, they had cameras placed throughout the cottage Um, that were feeding down to some monitors in a little room off of the foyer. um, So they could, you know, catch anything and they were watching and Deanne took a picture of, of us up in the room while we were up in the Bishop's room while we were um, communicating with someone. And it's a really nice picture. We are all clearly shocked (laughs) with what is is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Our mouths were open a gape. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? And while that was happening, Barry came up with us and had a session. That's when he brought the flashlight and there was one part with that. And I know I video clipped it and sent it to you earlier on Allie. So maybe we can share that on, Mm -hmm. on Instagram or Facebook or something, but, um, just Barry asking, questions and just getting really clear answers to, to what he was asking. Um, I can't remember exactly the wording, but it was really cool. And he, from there, we went over to Mary, Mary's room. Right. Cause it, it left, it, we felt it that left, it was yeah. gone from the guest room where we were at. Um, and then whenever he tried to enter Mary's room, something stopped him from going in there. Mm -hmm. And this is the part that scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of me too. And like, did you feel anything when we walked into the room after he said that he was being blocked? No. 
So like, I don't consider myself super sensitive. I would never have been like, oh, I'm being blocked from this room or anything like that. And he was seeing like shadow people or people peeking around. And like, I didn't see anything like that. But when I walked into that room after he had said that there was something blocking him, I felt, and I don't know if it was me doing it to myself, but it felt like something like went up my chest and around my neck. Ooh. And not hard or anything. It just felt like tight. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I walked through it and went and stood by the bed. And that's when you and Sarah like came in and stood. Well, you came in and then Sarah was. Yeah. She was feeling some energies around the door. Right by the door. Yeah, Yeah. That I just like walked through. Um, so yeah, I felt something when we went into that room and that really, um, with all the other things that happened in that room, make, make some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the part that scared you? So Barry had, what are those called? Dowsing rods? Dowsing rods. Yeah. So I am not good at dowsing rods because I shake too much and like, they don't mean anything to me, but Barry has a set that he uses a lot. <clears throat> so he stood at the bed with the dowsing rods, Rachel, Sarah, and I were on the other side of the bed and he, picks up the dowsing rods and points them right at, I feel like right at me, but it was at us. Yeah. And he kind of looked up kind of like with like a wide eye. And then he kind of like reset himself and looked down. I was like, why the hell are you pointing those at me? (laughs) Yeah. um, So it was just like a weird thing. So then we worked with the flashlight and the cat toy which gave us a lot of stuff. Um, and then it, it left again. Um, and then that's kind of when he saw things peeking out around the corner, which just like that in itself, like just makes me uneasy. Like, yeah, I didn't see anything, but if I did, I would have shit my pants. Thousand <laughs> percent. Too. I don't even think I was looking out into the hallway. Cause, Cause I didn't want to like, see it. Me too. He's like, I see something peeking around the corner and I'm like, that <laughs> like don't say I don't peak. see why is yeah. peak such a scary word like don't I don't know nowhere. I don't want to yeah I don't want to be seeing anything peeking anywhere no. no thank you so but yeah so then after so then I felt a very strong urge that we needed to go up to the basement um and I I don't the know attic the attic Oh yeah. That's what I mean. Up. Yeah. Not to the, up to the basement, up to the attic. Yeah. I felt a very strong urge to go back up there. Um, so we went up there and we found who we believe to be Mary. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had a very long conversation. Yeah. It was really long. 15, 20 minutes, I would say. And the way the flashlight was, so the way these flashlights work, you twist them on and off and he would set it right to the point of being in between on or off and set it down. And sometimes it would come on and turn off in like a slow manner that almost seemed like it could have just been happening, you know, like something going in and out. But when he asked if it was Mary in the attic, that shit turned on so hard mm-hmm. and so like quickly, like a high beam. It, 
yeah, it couldn't have just been going back and forth. And it was, I mean, we had a couple of questions where it was answered hard like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we have some video of that that we'll post, um, on Instagram so you can see it. Um, but I just felt like somebody and the whole time Deanne was freaking me out because she's like, they're attracted to you. Like they want to talk to you. They want, I'm like, don't say it. Like, don't say it out loud. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I did feel, I don't know. I felt very comfortable there. I didn't feel Mm -hmm. uneasy. I felt safe. Um, and it's always unsettling whenever you especially hear your name come through some, Mm -hmm. a spirit box, which I've never had in my life. Um, but anyway, so we had that and that was like a 15, 20 minute conversation with, um, Mary. Mm-hmm. And then we went downstairs and we went across the street to the church. The church really didn't have much. Um, I literally fell asleep while we were in the church. Yeah. It, and we skipped something though, too. When we, I don't remember at what point Barry said it, but he told us that when he was doing the dowsing rods oh, in yeah. Mary's room, that there was something behind us. Yeah. That's what freaked me out and chilled me to the bone. Yeah. Because like, we, I mean, like you kind of felt it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yes. I, whenever oof. he looked up at me and pointed those things at me, I'm like, Mm-mm, don't do that. No, thank you. <laughs> right. He points like, to no. yourself. Don't right. Don't be pointing shit at me. But no, he did. And it's because he saw and something. Was- and I could tell on his face. Like that something he was looking at was something happening. and it wasn't. Yeah, he was looking behind us, I feel like. And, and then, then later he was when he trying, confirmed it. Well, and he said that he didn't want to tell us there he because didn't he didn't us. freak us out because it definitely would have. He was right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he also said he couldn't tell what it was, like what or who it was at that point down there. And I don't because like it was that. sneaking around corners and stuff. I don't so. like it. Don't be sneaking or creeping or peeking. Never. Yeah, never. Don't do it. So at this point we had been at this for like hours and it was like, it was only like midnight or so, but we went over to the church and, and we were told before we even came up there that a lot of the activity dies down by like one or two in the morning. It's completely died down. Like they go to bed (laughs) basically. So we went back over to the church and did I mean, we did dowsing rods and another spirit box session and we were over there for a while. And I quite literally fell asleep sitting in one of the church pews because I was so tired. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, it's all the lights were off. Uh-huh. Um, I was comfy. It was warm. Yeah. <laughs> and there was some, we did ask about the bishop's possible illegitimate son, um, mm-hmm. which got kind of crazy. Um, the mm-hmm. dowsing rods were the things that worked best over there. She had a, oh, what's it called? Pendulum. Um, Kathy had a pendulum that she was holding that was going pretty crazy. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there was some things there, but I think we were just so tired um, Mm -hmm. at that point because too, it kind of drains your energy. Like, I don't know how to, because the next day I was dead. Like I was so tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. 
Um, but then after we went to the church, we knew that we wanted to start winding down, but Cole wanted to go back to the study mm-hmm. to be with Barry because he was the one who's, you know, getting all of this stuff um, moving. So and we had already been to the study yeah. and nothing happened no. and we were there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Just you, me, and Sarah went mm-hmm. to yeah. the study. Um, we, yeah, we tried to use the dowsing mm-hmm. rods and the, the cat toy, I think. Yeah. And we just weren't getting, there was just nothing happening. You could you could tell when there wasn't anything, anything going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there, and when we were there at first, there was nothing going on. Yeah. And when we went back to the study, it was everybody. Yeah, except Deanne and her uh, family left not long uh, before we did, um, but they just didn't get to go to the study again. So, and the only thing really that happened in the study was pretty crazy. I, I mean, think we could have we could have missed it if, but I heard it and you heard it. So why don't you explain what happened? And Cole heard it too. Yeah. So we were all sitting in the study, and there was a table in the middle of the study. So we were all sitting around the table, and then except for Cole and Barry were sitting Well, Cole was sitting in a chair across from where I was at and Barry was standing behind him and we were all sitting there and it was the last thing that we were going to do. And we had said like, this is it. This is the last time we're going to try to communicate. We're going to be done. And we were sitting and we were just sitting in silence and there was a tapping sound and all the lights were out and it sounded like somebody was drumming their fingers mm-hmm. on the arm of a chair. Yep. And I was like, Cole, are you doing that? Because I was irritated because it sounded like it was coming from him. I couldn't see it. And I thought he was, you know, messing up our sound quality. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought he was tapping his fingers. And I'm like, if anything's happening and we try to listen back, all we're going to hear is you tapping your damn fingers. And he was like, no. And I said, you're tapping your fingers. And he was like, no, I'm not. But he heard it too. And I think we're going to have some video of the tapping. But at that point, I think I was. I don't think anybody was really recording except for mm-hmm. Cole and his phone was in his pocket. Yeah. Um. So he said after the fact, he messed with the sound and like amplified it a little bit. And he said he could hear the tapping. So I'll see if he'll send that over to me. And if he does, we'll insert that in here so you can hear it. Yeah. Um. And if we can't get it in here, if it's not done by then, we can post it on Instagram so you can see mm-hmm. it. Um. But yeah, I heard it too, because I was sitting in front of Cole at the table to the left of Rachel. Mm -hmm. So it was only me, you, and Cole that heard it, I believe. I think Barry said he heard it too. But that was like, it was loud. Yeah, it was was plain as day. Yeah, and it was just us in that very close vicinity that that heard it Mm -hmm. and again we were all sitting in silence actively listening I mean that's what we were doing so it's kind of bizarre that the other people in the room didn't hear it yeah and um and I think it's funny because Cole is such a skeptic Mm -hmm. especially after he heard his name Mm -hmm. in the basement and then then that happened I think those things um, 
yeah, got to him. Yeah. Cause we were outside and he's like, what are the chances of it saying my name and your name that are not common names out of the speaker? And I was like, I know Cole. Right. <laughs> and That's I why will we're say here. that both of you, like thinking about like the people and the personalities that were there, like, I don't know Deanne and her family well, so I'm not speaking about them, but like from me and like Sarah, I would say like out of the people like you and Cole both have a very warm, welcoming personality. And I think people are drawn to you guys like more than like they would be drawn to me or Sarah. And I like I'm calling Sarah out and I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm talking (laughs) about myself also, but I feel like you guys have these personalities that draw people in and make people comfortable. So I'm not surprised that you and Cole would have been the ones that would attract the attention well thank you that's that heartwarming to me oh I'm cry. <laughs> they really yeah. like me they do <laughs> they like you yeah but yeah so I, well, thought I, that hope, was, I thought that was cool yeah I'd be interested on in having a conversation with Cole um after you know because I think he was still kind of I think his mind didn't want him to believe what he heard Yeah. But I think because I think he's very scientific and, Mm -hmm. but I think that he was struggling with trying to put the pieces together as to how exactly it could be possible. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I would agree to that. So. Well, that was our night at Brownella. I, I I hope I highly suggest you you guys contact um, these folks. If you need help with trying to, I'm friends with Barry and Kathy, like I friend everybody on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. we're best friends. (laughs) Um, They're wonderful people. They will take care of you, especially if it's your first investigation, they make you feel very safe. I couldn't Um, recommend them more for, especially for some people that it is their first or they're not comfortable or any of those things, because I didn't know what to expect when we showed up there. I didn't know if we were going to be like sent off to do our own thing or what Mm -hmm. the situation was. And oh my goodness, their knowledge and their abilities were amazing. I mean, it was, it was just great. Yeah, they are. um, They are very special people. And Mm -hmm. I hope maybe one day, we could tag along with them on one of their investigations, even though we'd probably be like, ah, and running out scared. Mm -hmm. We should Um, invite them to your uncle's. Oh yeah. Yeah. My uncle has a haunted house in Germantown. Which I've been trying to get you to take me to. We can go. We can go. We will go. We just need to organize it. We do. So, all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, yeah. on Brownella Cottage. We had a blast. We did. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening. We hope you can plan a trip to Brownella. If you go, I would like to go again. Mm-hmm. Um, I let us know. Yeah, I was very drawn to that place. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, we hope y'all have a good week. Yeah, have we'll, a lovely week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye bye.